Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Bridge Teaching Podcast. We hope that the messages you will hear are both uplifting and challenging. Welcome to the Bridge. Hello. That was loud. Um, my name's Kate. I go to Heritage. Um, I've been here at the Bridge for about maybe like three years, I would say like the end of my eighth grade year. Um, and I just felt like I should like share my testimony because I feel like God was really telling me like earlier on in the year to do it, but I don't know, he just told me that maybe there's someone out here that like just needs to know like that you're not alone because that's kind of what I went through. But I'm gonna read some of it off my phone because I get pretty emotional. Um, so, Basically, I'm the youngest. I grew up in a very sheltered and Christian household. Um, I grew up knowing in God and like believing in him, but I never felt like a true connection with him. And my dad, he used to be um, the Jackson or like Pastor Mark. Like my dad was the main um, pastor at church. And with that, like when you are a child of a pastor, and like you're the family and everything, you have to be perfect. So like, that was just really hard growing up. Like you couldn't make any mistakes, but I was young. I didn't realize that until I grew up how much pressure there was on my family and everything. But around I think first grade, the church found out that my dad, um, from what I believe or what I was told, cause it's a sensitive subject for my family, family my dad um, struggles with depression, so my dad lost his job, and my whole family was shunned from that church, and we only keep in contact with one family, and that's only a little bit here and there, but we basically were stranded. We knew no one, like, church was our life. We went every weekend, almost every day, um, but after that, my family, we lost our house, and we had to move. We now live in a rental home. A lot of things are better now, but um, we lost our house because we went bankrupt and we had to move. Um, despite that, I lived a very, quite a happy, like normal childhood. My mom like made it so me and my sisters were sheltered from a lot of the ugly that was going on with my dad and like with the church and like everything. So yeah, that's a little bit my past, but Myself, growing up, I never really thought positively about myself. I truly thought I was the ugliest thing ever to be created. Um, I always compared myself to my sisters. They're very like, they played soccer. I don't play sports. I'll watch it, but I don't play them. Um, I loved music, so I always felt like I was like the black sheep of the family. I was always told like, you're just different, Kate. You're weird. Um, but like in a good way, you're a good weird. And I was just like, am I really though? And I just, I kind of just kept it to myself cause I don't like help. So I never felt like I should tell anyone because I would rather myself feel like I was a failure in my mind than let anyone else know how I felt. And that's a big like pride thing. And like, I now realize that now that even though I still struggle with it, like, I have to get over it, but when I was younger, I didn't really realize it, and I just said, okay, I guess this is how it is for me. I'll just live like this. Um, what I'm really here to talk about is 
myself in um, middle school. Seventh grade year, I was bullied first day going into school, especially in the hallways. So even to this day, I wear headphones everywhere I go around school because I'm scared someone's like looking at me or talking about me behind my back. Um, my dad, a long time, had like gained a lot of weight. And during my seventh grade year, he lost a lot of weight. And he started um, working with this company where he was constantly on social media. And with that, we always had to take multiple family pictures and stuff every day. So we had to look perfect all over again. And now that I was older and I was already like not feeling like I was a perfect person, um, it was really hard for me. I began to not love my dad anymore as it felt like he was more focused on his life on social media and having a healthy than having a healthy relationship with his family. So all in all, I had no safe space at home or at school. And at school, um, I got bullied a lot through words and my love language is words. So it was very important to me when I heard people talk bad about me and I always took it to heart. I was called most of the time fat, albino, or tomato, or the most popular was to call me an emo, like F slur, um, because I didn't like wearing bright colors because it clashed with my pale slash red skin tone, and because I wasn't allowed to wear makeup at the time, and um, I had a short haircut and I've never had a boyfriend. I didn't understand why God would let the things I already think bad about myself be said to me by people sometimes I didn't even know. I think a month into school, I began to become very depressed and began to only eat one meal a day. I was very good at faking it and pretending I was happy. I would get picked up and I would instantly put on a smile, no one knew. I made friends with people that even though like probably benefited me, like now I learned a lot from them they were struggling with the same things I did. And I was just never around positive anything really. So when they were going through eating struggles, I would make sure when I brought a lunch, I knew it wasn't for me. I would open all the bags. I would eat like one Cheez-It or a few and then be like, I'm not hungry and I would give it to them. So I was quite hypocritical because I made sure they were eating when all in all I wasn't. I truly thought I had no place in this world and thought it would be best for everyone if I killed myself. Because then at least I would be with God who I thought was the only one who loved me. I took up the courage and I told a friend of mine at the time how I was feeling and she said, and I quote, what you are going through is nothing compared to me. Even though true, she was going through a lot in her life, it made me feel like I was worthless and my feelings had no meaning. The day I thought that today was the day I was going to die, I, left, I was left home alone after my sister left for a soccer practice. Suddenly, before I even started anything, my mom came home early from work that day and that's when I realized that God had been looking out for me and I decided that I would have to eventually ask for help, which was really hard for me to do. I didn't tell anyone until probably about mid-December 
when my sister, my eldest sister who was in college at the time, found me crying one day in my parents' bed and made me tell her what was going on. She helped explain to me that I was not alone and that she too had gone through stuff like that. I then found out that anxiety and depression is something that runs in my family. And even though it wasn't an ex but that wasn't an excuse to allow myself to feel that way. So oddly enough, like as weird as it was, I felt kind of comforted by that because it made me feel not as alone in my family because I already felt like I was the weird one. And even though like it's a mental illness and everything, like it just it made it more like it was a natural thing and that anyone can struggle with it. So I started thinking that way and it got a little bit better. I started going to youth around the end of my seventh grade year and I liked going here, but it wasn't until maybe the end of my eighth grade year or beginning of ninth that I started gaining a true relationship with God. My dad quit interacting with the company and I was able to realize how much I love him and that he loves me as well. God helped me gain more positive friends and let me regain a better friendship with my best friend now, Michaela, who without, I don't believe I would be as happy as I am today. I still can struggle to this day, but God helped me realize, and I try to remind myself every day. We went over it last Thursday, actually. Jackson had us say three things that we tell ourselves to like help us with our insecurities. I remind myself almost every day that I am loved, I'm not worthless, and I'm not alone. God helped me realize during the pandemic now that even though I'm a much happier person, I still allow my anxiety to be an excuse for what I do and don't do with my life. And I use it more like a cripple. It's, and I don't like get any care for it. I just kind of, my mom's like, you can deal with it. So I wanted to make a change with that and do more than be just existing and saying no to everything. I wanted to become a better Christ follower as it will help you with my future. I wanted to share my testimony because I first of all wanted to be honest with myself because this is the first time I've ever really like explained it all. I only explained it to my family bits bit by bit. I only told them around like my ninth grade year because they still thought when I was first coming out saying that I, I, I don't, I'm not happy, I, it was still one of those, like, you're 13 years old. How can you feel this? So I only was able to truly, like, say it bit by bit to my family. And I knew that I needed, I wanted to become closer with the people at my church because, like, even though I've been here three years, I kind of just, like, wait until, like, a friend shows up so that way I'm more in my, like, comfort zone. But, um... I also wanted to share this because God had really been telling me that, you know, maybe there's someone out here that needs to know this or at least just needs to know this about me and that I just wanted to let you know that God put you on this earth for a reason, so don't be like me where I thought I was supposed to leave early because he's got so much planned for you and he's got so much planned for me that maybe we could get through this together or something. But yeah, that's my testimony. Man, let's go. That's good. Awesome. That's good. Thank you, Kate. Praise the Lord. 
Um, so, man, thanks for your boldness and courage and, and sharing. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, guys, I, I just, just am so encouraged just hearing how uh, Kate was delivered from a church hurt. You know, uh, Kate was just delivered from rejection and uh, the cruelty of, of people sometimes, you know. And, um, Kate, what, what I'm just so excited about is you know your identity is not uh, in the way we look or what people think of us, but your identity is in the fact because Jesus is your Lord and Savior that you are a daughter of the Most High King. And that's what gives you hope. And you found help and you were pointed back to that truth because of community. You know, sometimes we're so down and out that we need a friend to be like, hey, let me point you back to the healer, to the helper. Because, Michaela, you might be a rock star, and you are a rock star. But at the end of the day, the way you can be a best friend is you not being the full-time rock star, but pointing our friends to the one that can always heal, that can always help, and that's always there. You know, and so, man, that's why this community is valuable and critical and important, because uh, we, we find our strength in the Lord again, don't we, Kate? When we, when we do that. So I'm so proud of you. Thank you for sharing. If any of you guys ever want to share, I invite you to do it. Come talk to me and I will set you up to do it as well. So um, I'm going to invite uh, uh, dear friends and students of mine, Colby and Lawson and Daniel, and I'm going to give you guys a few minutes to get set up your chairs and get settled here. And as I'm doing that, uh, what's going down um, tonight is we're going to have an open discussion with a few questions. And ideally, I would have liked to have throwing microphones out to you guys as well to take part in this open discussion, but this is the format we're going to do, and it's just really cool, and I'm really excited about it, and I want to open up with this verse out of Philippians chapter 4, verse 5, and it reads this, let your gentleness be evident to all. That's talking about your gentleness. Let your gentleness be evident and known to all. Why? Because the Lord is near. An incredible characteristic of the Christ follower is your gentleness. And this word is fascinating in the original language. It's this quiet confidence about yourself that I have nothing to prove. But Jesus Christ, he's already proven everything that he needs to prove. And in these times, gentleness is not being seen in many places in the world, is it? But Christ follower, it's your role to bring that gentleness Right? It's your role to be gentle to outsiders, to be gentle to the world, but firm in what you believe. Right? We can't be silent about it, but no, it's saying that it needs to be seen by all and known by all and evidence to all. Right? In the culture, the first part of Philippians verse 1, it says that you ought to stand firm, Christian. Right? So in these times when there's just so much chaos and toxicity and just picket lines and arguing and no one actually dialoguing everyone's just waiting for their turn to talk and everyone just waiting to get all this knowledge so I can go spit it out and scream it at somebody else but no Christian you empowered and the fruit of the Holy Spirit need to go out and bring a gentle spirit to the world but still standing firm in what you believe and entering into dialogues with people that don't yet know Jesus and in our dialogues we need to open God's word and say, here's what God says. And you with gentleness can communicate those truths in love. And so I uh, just had a really beautiful discussion with Daniel and Lawson and Colby after a Bible study on Thursday. And uh, I was just like, man, this is too good. I, I think we need to have an open dialogue and discuss it together. So you guys ready to dive in a little bit? So uh, Colby, I'm going to throw, or Daniel, am I throwing at you first? Colby, I'm going with you first, okay? You ready? You feel good? 
Okay, cool. So um, as you guys open this uh, first question, feel free to just like say who you are and what school you go to, and um, and then we'll, we'll we'll dive into the questions from there. Okay. So the first questions I, I do have that I want everyone to share on this one is uh, why, as Christ followers, must be be gentle, as it says in Philippians chapter four, but also firm. Those are kind of interesting statements to work together. But why, as Christ followers, is it important for us to be gentle but firm, Colby? Okay. Hi, I'm Colby. Uh, I go to Mill High. I'm going to be a junior this year. Um, so yeah, that's who I am. So why as Christ followers must we be gentle but firm? You know, in Philippians, it does say, let your gentleness be evident to all. You know, that's not, maybe your gentleness should be evident. Like, like that's a commandment. Like as Christ followers, we're called to obey the word and it's a commandment from the Lord to be gentle. Um, but like uh, be gentle, it doesn't mean like uh, like be a pushover it means um, ju- uh, just be kind with our words you know and not necessarily invasive um, like like in like in your face like trying to like like Jesus Jesus in your face like more like just like a calm like demeanor you know and like um, and uh, Jesus he was kind and he was uh, to he was kind and gentle with uh, sinners and um, we're called to be more like Jesus and so I mean that might as well why we should be gentle, um, but Jesus wasn't a pushover, you know, he, uh, he called out people's sin, but, you know, in a gentle way, and so um, it's important that we should also uh, bring to light people's sin, because, like, that's the first part of the gospel, like, the first half of the gospel is that we are sinners, and we don't deserve the love of God, and we are separated from God if we don't accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and so, um, if we just tell people that, like, they're loved and you don't need to change anything, um, then you're, we're missing the first part of the gospel, guys. Like, like the gospel is how people are getting into heaven. Like, people's eternities are on the line. And um, so, yeah, that's why we must be, like, loving and gentle with people because, you know, that could scare people away. And, like, that's not what we're trying to do. Like, um, but we also have to, you know, bring to light some things that are a problem um, in life. So, yeah, that's why it's important to be gentle. Everyone say, that'll preach. That'll preach, Colby. Very good. Colby, if you could just shed a little bit of light on practically how Jesus modeled that. You just taught out of John 8 recently. Like, he was gentle and firm to that woman who was caught in the act of adultery. Can you just, I'm putting you on the spot a little bit. Can you unpack, like, that's a very literal way we do that, right? Um, so, yeah, uh, I don't know if you've heard of this story, but it's in John 8. And this woman, she was just caught in adultery. She was cheating on her husband, and the Pharisees just grabbed her from that act and threw her in front of Jesus. And um, everybody was like, dude, Jesus, what do we do about this horrible person sitting in front of you? Um, and Jesus was just like, uh, oh, dang it. <laughs> I just forgot. Um, wait, give me a second. Yeah, yeah, he goes who's without sin, throw the first stone, um, and they all flooded away, like, they all went away, and, um, wait, what else did he say? Yeah, but he also said, go and sin no more, you know, like, he, like, Jesus could, (laughs) Jesus could have thrown that stone at her, and be aggressive with her, because, I mean, she kind of deserved it, we all deserve that, but Jesus loved her, and loves us enough that he's gonna, you know, call us out of our sin, but he's also gonna do it in a loving way, so, yeah. Yeah, he was so gentle. Even his approach, like I remember you teaching like how he was down in the sand, like just not getting aggro on her or the Pharisees, right? Just down in the sand calmly. But like you said, I'm like, I'm loving you, but but I don't want you to continue in this. Now go and sit no more. So well said, Colby. Thank you so much. Lawson, what do you think? Um, well, 
Colby said a lot, and it was all really good. Um, but, I mean, I have some verses. Um, so, I think, like, it's kind of funny how, um, like, those two words, they kind of seem like they contradict themselves, like, gentle but firm. So, it's kind of like a so – it's a funny thing, but um, – in Proverbs Proverbs sixteen twenty four it says, "Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones." So as we see here, God's pretty much like commanding us that like like we do need to speak gently because like like anger isn't the way to the heart and like that like just leads to um, destruction. And um, but we also need to stay firm. So if we look in Galatians six one, it says, "Brothers, if anyone anyone is caught in any transgression." transgression you who are spiritually spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness keep watch on yourself to avoid you to be tempted as well so like that verse kind of covers both it's like you need to stay firm because like you as well could be like pushed in to what they believe and like um we don't want to compromise the bible because like the bible it can't be compromised it's just the word is truth and um god is the word so we can't change god and um yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say. <laughs> Very good. Awesome, awesome, good. Tanya, what do you think, man, about that one? Yeah, so uh, in in our culture today, Christians aren't are kind of looked down upon in a way because some of our beliefs don't necessarily line up with the uh, politically correct view of things, I guess. Uh, and so we just have to we have to properly represent Jesus, like in a way that. <laughs> Uh, brings glory to him because you know we uh, if if we go out too strong I guess then people are going to be turned away like we can't go say you're a sinner you're a sinner you you need to repent uh, because that doesn't turn people's hearts it just hardens them and turns them away but Jesus went in a way and such he, he would like like with the, the adulterous woman, he he was gentle in the way that he told her that what she was doing was wrong and she'd need to stop sinning. But he was also very firm in that. And that also with like with Zacchaeus, like he he was kind of I don't know that he knew if what he was doing was wrong, but he was kind of hated among all the Jews. And uh, Jesus wasn't like you're a sinner, you're a terrible person, like the Pharisees were saying to him. He went in and he ate with them, and he, through being gentle, he was able to uh, convince him to turn turn his ways and to return the money that he had stolen, and he changed his heart. Yeah, strong. Yeah, great biblical references, guys. Very cool. Um, so, Colby, I'm going to have you take the lead on this next one. And Lawson and Daniel, if you guys have something to add to it, please do, okay? Uh, but, Colby, I'm going to have you take the charge on this one. Um, in the current cultural climate, uh, you know, uh, with all these protests and there's hate and there's violence, um, people don't have a conversation anymore. They just scream at each other. Um, there's this cancel culture. Uh, how do you think, as Christ followers, are we tempted to stand down in our beliefs as opposed to standing firm? So what's the temptation for the Christ follower there with all this just chaos going on right now? Um, well, I think sometimes we're so afraid of seeming hateful and, and like, turning people off to, um, the, like, to Christianity. And so 
since we're so afraid of being a phobic, like a homophobic or a transphobic or a phobic of some sort, then we don't say anything. And I mean, that's not what we're called to do. Like, especially some of us, we have spiritual gifts that like we're, our spiritual gifts, our exhortation and our um, just calling people out of um, darkness, you know? And um, so when we're tempted to not share that, then I mean, we're hiding away our spiritual gifts. And, um, and we don't want to seem hateful. And another thing is um, uh, the media, it's so loud and everybody's arguments are so loud. And even like when I'm scrolling on Instagram, like I'm on sto- like stories, every single post is the exact same. Like nobody's like ever putting in their own input or scripture or, I mean, there's some people, but the majority, it's just one singular post and it's not necessarily scripture or scripture based. And so it's, it's, hard to you know sometimes to input like what God is telling you for some reason um, because we don't we don't want to seem mean and we don't want to seem weird or whatever but um, you know I encourage you guys because every time I like Mia Lawson or another believer does this like it, it it it's great and it like gets truth out you know and we um when we share the gospel and we share the truth and like we share necessarily like a different view of what people are saying, you know, and um, just a different perspective of things. So, I guess. Yeah, well said. Our view as Christ followers will naturally be different and set apart from the world. Yeah, and, um, and that's not a bad thing. And it's not, not a thing that we have to be cruel about either. But, but we're going to be gentle and firm in that for sure. Um, and, and being truthful is not uh, non-living, you know. So, that's so, so, so good, Colby. Lawson, what do you think? Um, I mean, I think... The big temptation, like, is like, um, kind of being scared of tem- or being scared of persecution almost. Um, like, if you go out and like you try to like, s- like, s- like speak uh, s- scripture or like give scripture, people are gonna like hate on you. And like, I mean, that's a real thing. The, Bi- the Bible says it. Um, but like, in verse, where is it? Oh, First Peter five nine says, "But resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering." are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. So that, like, verse for me is, like, really encouraging when it comes to that type of stuff, like, um, because, like, not only does it say, like, they're, like, ex- like your brothers and sisters in Christ are experiencing that as well, but the Bible also, like, kind of labels it as an accomplishment. So it's, like, like Jesus, like, he was, like, the, like, best um, – like Jesus was the best at sharing the gospel, but he got persecuted the most. So I think like, like it like to me like if I'm not getting persecuted, it's kind of like like am I just sitting here and like not saying anything? Because I feel like I should be getting some persecution. But like like I also like want like people to like accept it. But like with accepting, people are also gonna persecute. But like it's still seed planted and a thought. So like they might be like like angry at you now, but it might like resonate with them later. So I mean I don't know. But yeah, yeah, I love that. I, I think that's really, really strong. Like, like, are you guys getting that? Like, he's saying, like, it might not be a super easy conversation, like a Jesus conversation with somebody at first. It might get weird, right? But that could be a seed planted that actually works on them, and it goes well for them later, and they get one for the Lord. Um, I, I think that's really good. And uh, man, just something as I'm thinking about through this um, and what we believe, it's God's kindness. 
that leads us to repentance. You know, and winning an argument is never going to win some from the Lord, but we're, we're still going to have uh, truthful and loving conversations and, and lead people there. That's good loss and cool. What do you think, Daniel? I think they kind of hit on everything, but I'll add, uh, you know, Jesus said that we would be persecuted and that we would be hated because Jesus was hated. And so, like Austin said, if we are representing Jesus, then we should be hated just like he was. It's not, I guess it's not a bad thing to be disliked by people. If you're loved by everyone, that's probably probably got a problem on your hands. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. That's very true. That's very true. Strong, very good, guys. Cool, cool, awesome. All right, uh, Lost Town, maybe take the charge on this one, okay? Uh, Why must we stand firm? I believe that was Daniel's. Yeah. Daniel, (laughs) Daniel, I'm going to have you take the charge on this one. Thank you. Yeah, um, so like you had said, being firm isn't necessarily unloving. Like, let's say there's a, a blind person that's walking in the street and there's a bunch of cars heading towards him. You're not going to sit there and be like, eh, we'll see what happens. Maybe, maybe he'll make it. He'll figure it out. Like, you're going to be yelling. You're going to scream. You're going to try to do everything you can to get his attention and to set him back on the right path. And in the same way, we need to try to do that uh, with people around us. And... I think it's a little different when approaching Christians and non-Christians because uh, you're not going to hold them to the same standards that you hold Christians to because they don't adhere to your, to your rules, I suppose. So, uh, I mean, when we kind of already hit on the two that I was going to say, uh, when Jesus approaches the adulterous women and when he approaches uh, Zacchaeus, he's very gentle with it. He doesn't, like, call about and... <laughs> trash of a throw to the ground and he's like uh calm a sinner and stuff like that uh but when approaching christians you see a lot of examples when uh they call people they call about pretty hard <laughs> uh like and i think it's because of the hypocrisy like you're supposed to you say to act this way you're supposed to look like that but then you're doing something completely different and i think god hates hypocrisy and so I think that that's why they get called out so much more. We as Christians should. Uh, like in, in Acts when, I don't know how to pronounce their names, Ananias and Caphias? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> when when they're, they sold their property and then they gave part of the money to the church and they're like, we sold our property, this is all we have, uh, and we're going to give it to you guys. And they were lying and misrepresenting the truth. And because of that, like if they would have just given part of it uh, that, and been honest about it, saying that they're giving part, then they wouldn't have had an issue. But because they're, they're lying and they're uh, being hypocrites, then they were struck dead. <laughs> and, you know, also the, Jesus was really hard on the Pharisees. He called them whitewashed tombs and brood of vipers and uh, hypocrites and that's because they're they're trying to make it look like there's something that they're not and so when we try to do that we uh, we do need to be called on on it and called out on a sin and uh, Galatians if I can find it my bookmarks just fell out Uh, but when hang on, Paul had called out uh, Peter because he was, 
basically, he was associating with uh, the he was associating with the Gentiles, and then when the Jews came, he kind of stepped back and he was like stopped associating with them. And Paul just calls him out, and he he's like calling him a hypocrite, and uh, he's basically not happy with them at all. And there's just another example of when uh, a Christian is doing wrong, you've got to be a little bit harder on them. So I guess in saying all of that, I'm just trying to say uh, that you need to hold Christians to a higher standard than you hold non-believers. And uh, you need to hold Christians accountable, whereas with non-believers, you want to be a little bit more gentle. It's kind of a line that you have to walk with the with the Holy Spirit, and because it doesn't say, when we want to be 60% gentle and 40% firm, it's, you know, you've got to take it case by case and uh, speak accordingly. Yeah, yeah, that's really, really strong point, Daniel, and something that we have to consider in these things is um, we can't be surprised when people who don't uh, know Jesus live as if they don't know Jesus, right? Like, man, it's so important that, man, before we figure out any sin problem, we have to recognize our need for a savior first. And, and Daniel, that's why you're getting at is like, man, our example to the world is critical and we have to hold each other to a high standard because we do know Jesus, right? And if we're being jerks or being hypocrites, the world's going to see that and it's going to be a big turnoff. That's why, to your point, Daniel, Jesus' harshest and most severe words were reserved for religious people. So I, I just think that's a really good thing for us to divin- uh uh, tell the difference in with with standing firm is like we, we relate to to one another differently depending on where we're at with the Lord and and well said that's very good Daniel cool um, are you up okay cool so Mr. Lawson McNeely um, you know we guys we, we can talk about hypothetical things all day long right we can talk about as Christians we ought to be persecuted we can talk about as Christians we will be persecuted but in a way we could live our lives um, idolizing comfort and approval so greatly that the only time we ever talk about persecution is in church and we go out in the world, we never actually experience it because we're not going out being the light of the world. And the world is crumbling before us. And, 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 and the world wants certain things like equality, right? Like peace, like hope, right? But these are things that only King Jesus can ultimately usher in. And you have the answer. So that's why it's, we're having this discussion is so that we can learn to go out into the world and be gentle and firm. So uh, let's, let's make it practical now, Lawson. How can we stand firm? Um, so I kind of want to like start with uh, just like a verse kind of um, showing that like God does command us to stand firm. And um, so Ephesians 6.11 says, Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. And um, so, like, in my opinion, the first step to, like, standing firm is to know what you're standing firm in. So I think um, we need to, like, constantly be reading our Bible, constantly um, memorizing Scripture. And if you're not good at memorizing, write it down. But know the truth within your heart and know um, the point that's being made. But I definitely encourage you to write it down and, no shame in reading it off your phone if you ever need to, like I am right now. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I think, like, the first step is just really diving into Scripture, studying it, learning it, um, just keeping it in your heart. And, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Just, like, if you're having a conversation with somebody, 
um, or uh, yeah, pretty much if you're having a conversation with somebody, I don't really know else what would happen, but um, <laughs> uh, pretty much just like know your know the truth, know that like who you are in Christ, know that like um, Christ is uh, true, and don't let like anybody like try to persuade you from something different, um, and like like where's First uh, Peter. Th- 3.15 says, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for your reason for hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. So we all obviously have to be firm, but like like be respectful as well. And like in my opinion, when I was like really like uh, thinking about this um, in my room, praying about it, God was like really telling me like, like there's a difference between like um, what he means by like gentle and firm. It's like like with your words, like we need to be very gentle and with our hearts, but like with the message, like that needs to be firm and that needs to stay true because um, in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was God, or the, wor- the word was with God and the word was God. So practically the word is God and we can't like change God. We can't say God's something that he's not just to meet somebody's needs or meet somebody's meet somebody's happiness because like, that's not who God is, and that's not what the truth is, because he has, like, our ultimate happiness. Um, and, yeah, that's pretty much what I got. Yeah. Well, you, you know why I love that is because I think that in your heart and your soul, as you're communicating the message and hope and beauty of Jesus Christ and explaining how he's the answer, and you're standing on some very tough truths, you're going to have this gentle spirit when you're standing on the word of God. Like, this isn't Colby's idea, this isn't Lawson's idea, and this isn't Daniel's idea, this isn't my idea, this isn't your idea. Gentleness overflows. I mean, I mean you get jittery. Like, be like, man, is there some holes in my argument or my statement? Absolutely, and you, and you should. But when you're standing on God's firm foundation and, and your beliefs spring from the word, man, gentleness can come because it's not about you anymore, Lawson. It's like, th- this is the word, this is what it says, and it's what I believe, and I'm unashamed of it. Um, yeah, so, so very well said. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I have something I want to add. Yeah, please, please. Um, So, like, something that Lawson was talking about was just, like, um, how important scripture is and um, how we're, you know, whether it be evangelizing or serving or just living out um, our days with uh, the Lord. Um, Things didn't start changing in my life, really, until I really understood the gospel. And um, I went from a dark place to a place right next to Jesus and in his arms and saved by him and because I understood the gospel from scripture, you know, like I, I watched, um, like stuff on YouTube or random sermons, but like nothing really changed in my life until I started understanding how powerful scripture was because then, you know, I could fight the temptation with that from Satan with scripture and, um, not just with words of men, but words from the Lord. Um, and yeah, and I, I, I really noticed things started to change, especially in my conversations with non-believers and how I approached people um, when it came to evangelizing when I, you know, was in scripture. So that's how important scripture is. It's yeah. important. <laughs> that's rad, Kobe. Cool. Dan, you feel good about that? You want to add something? That's cool. Awesome. Thank you, man. Cool. Um, all right. This is uh, just roundtable style. You guys, whoever wants to take it, can take it, please. Okay. Uh, Jesus said that a city on a hill cannot be hidden. He says that we are called to be salt and light in a dark world. In the world, like we can agree, man, it's very gnarly right now. And you're called to be light in that dark world. So what does that mean for you and I today? 
I'll let one of you guys trailblaze this one. Um, so this verse kind of confused me. So I was like, I was looking up what it meant and kind of like uh, seeing what salt meant because salt is kind of like, it's kind of, it's kind of a weird word, but, or not a weird word, but like a weird thing to say we are. So I was like, this is interesting. So I looked it up and so salt is like a preservative and it keeps like um, food and like meat from like spoiling and stuff. And so like kind of what that means like for like us I think is like like we're called to be on this earth to like like God has the truth like we give the truth but he saves so like we're kind of called to like go out and like preserve these like souls almost and like I don't really know that's just kind of like what I got from it and like the light and the darkness like we're just called to um, bring God's truth to the world in like this bad place with the darkness so yeah let's go <laughs> come on i like it lawson cool someone else um so i was talking to the legendary kevin in the back right there um about just <laughs> sorry um, about uh matthew 5 and uh, it's talking about the salt um it says you're the salt of the earth but what good is the salt if it has lost its flavor can you make it salty again it will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless so salt as lawson was saying back in the Israel days. Um, it was a good thing. It was a preservative. People needed it for, you know, to eat, to save their food. And, um, you know, salt is, it's in the earth. It's, you have to go get it. You have to, you have to hold it together. It's, you can, something you can hold in your hand, but if it, it's a good thing, but if you keep it to yourself, what good is it? If you keep it hidden and you don't give it to people or you don't put it on your food, what good is it if, like, what good is your faith if you're not giving it to the world, if you're not using it, if you're, if, or if you're holding it back? Um, so that just shows that, like, how important it is that we don't stay in our church walls, that we don't stay um, in, in little little houses and, and wait until the world ends. We have to go out. We have to use our faith to show people the gospel because souls are on the line. Like, and also, instead of praying for Jesus to come back sooner. Guys, we got to pray for more time because there's still people out there that need the word of God, that need the gospel. And um, so, yeah, so if we're not using our faith and um, if we're not, you know, taking it from, I don't know, ourselves and like using, like going out with it, then what good is it? It's fire insurance so we don't get into hell. No, we got to use our faith to, um, you know, change other people's lives. So, yeah, Well done, Kobe. Yep, strong. Dana, what do you think? Yeah, um, I was just going to add, in addition to our words, we also need to represent Jesus through our actions, of course, and not only in just, like, the way that we live our lives and the things that we do, but the way that we treat believers around us, because that is very important to what attracts non-believers. It says in Acts, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship, to breaking the bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property, possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And so just, I guess, 
when people look from the outside and see how Christians interact with each other, they should be able to tell that there's something different and tell that there's something going on there. And we should have such a strong community here that people are like, I want to be a part of that. I want to get in on some of that because that looks awesome. And so we, together, we need to represent Christ in the way that we live our lives. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. That's really good. Guys, can you please clap for them and just thank them? And like, I love, like, guys, if I'm ever put in a position, like, you know, in, in whatever it is, that, uh, that we would all not bring our own opinions to the table necessarily, right? That you guys, like, you're like, hey, I'm answering these questions not based off what I think. I'm, 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 I just want to share what God has already spoken about these things so I can be really gentle and still be very firm. So, guys, thank you guys so much. And, um, yeah, guys, what I love about this bridge community that, that you create and that the leaders create is that people feel safe here, they feel welcome here, and that when we walk in these doors, we come as we are, but when we sit under God's teaching and, and we sit under his word, we might come as we are, but we don't stay as we are. We begin to transform and fall more in love with him and obey him and, and give our life to him. So, oh man, I, I, I challenge you guys to let's, let's, let's not be hypothetical about this, right? Let's actually go and invite people to come. You know, you might have somebody who says, well, like, you guys believe the world was created in this many days, or I read this story in the Old Testament about Noah's Ark, and all these animals came on two by two, and that's like, are you kidding me, bro? And Jesus, like, you, like, really believe, like, like that was a guy, you know? Um, I challenge you to challenge them. It says in God's word that if you seek me and you seek me with all of your heart, you'll find me. And that's a promise from God. If you really want to meet God, you will find him. But it requires not a complacency, but an urgency from the person, right? So be like, look, guys, starting next week, we're going through this book called Mark. And it's about the life of Jesus. And, and, and I, I can't answer all your questions and neither can Pastor Jackson, right? But I do invite you to study the life of Jesus with us as we start this. And uh, yeah, go out and be gentle in that communication, but be firm. Know God's word. Don't, don't try to solve the world's problems with your own opinions. Only the sword of the spirit can do that in the love of Jesus Christ. So um, guys, I love you and you're awesome. And um, yeah, I'm excited for next week as we continue in the series. Bridge Sunday is back. Um, so, so we started that on Sunday. We're going to have the Bible study again on Thursday morning and here at 930. You're invited to do that. And um, uh, if we could throw up the number on the screen one more time, um, we're going to text uh, the numbers 81010 to at through not two. And Katie's going to be building that team where you guys take over all of service uh, from head to toe, like running the meeting, running prayer even before service starts, greeting people at the doors, inviting your friends, doing a teaching, doing all of worship, all that good stuff. That'll happen in August. So if you want to be part of that team, or like I said, we need help with social media and photography stuff and other things like that. So that'll be really good too. Um, but, uh, and if you need prayer, um, come, come get it before you go. My, myself uh, or another leader will we'll pray for you. So um, let me pray, and then I'm going to dismiss you guys, and we'll go right outside, okay? God, I love you, Lord. And I thank you that, um, 
God, it's not about what I think. It's not about what any of the students think, God. But God, you've already told us how much you love us. You've already told us how you have a plan for our life, God. God, you've already made a way for us to walk in relationship with you and not just survive, God, but you've taught us how we can thrive in this life today, Father God. So I praise you for that. I thank you for your word that which uh, we can stand upon and everyone's heads are bowed and eyes are closed. And if there's a student um, who doesn't yet know you that is here, God, but wants to declare you as their Lord and Savior, God, I'm going to extend that invitation to them. And, and all that student, all they have to know is um, that it says in your word, God, that if you honor me before people, I'll honor you before my Father in heaven. It says in your word, Father God, that if we declare you, Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior, and we believe that you have been raised from the dead, we will be saved, God. It sounds too good to be true, but God, it is true. So, so God, this is a moment for that student just between um, you and them, Father God. If there's a student that wants to uh, become your child today, I would just ask them to simply extend their hand right now. If there's any student here that wants to come back to Jesus or uh, declare him for the first time, is there anyone in here that needs to do that tonight? I'll give you five more seconds. God, I love you, Lord. And I, uh, I thank you for the privilege that we can gather in your house and sit under your teaching. God, I pray for every student in here that they would have a gentleness that comes from you, God, knowing that you have them, Father God, that you're lifting them up and that they're supported by you, Father God, and that they're, they're already saved by you when, when you are our Lord Jesus Christ but that we will stand firmly upon your word and that we would share your hope with others, not caring about what the outcome is. The only outcome we want is that people would be saved. God, in somebody name we pray, amen. Thanks so much for spending time with us. If you'd like to know more about The Bridge, please follow us on Instagram at wearethebridge. Also, if you need prayer, feel free to send us a DM. Otherwise, tune in next time.